0: Welcome to another edition of the Puro Pinche Primos. Hola, primo primos. We are back. I am your primo Luis Velasquez. That is your primo Christopher Costello. We are the Puro Pinche Primos. What is going on, primo?
1: Hey, how you doing, man? How's it, how's it going? It's good, man. It's good. Good to man. be back. It's, it's
0: good. It's good to be back. We want to uh, apologize for our f- to our fans um, of our hiatus this past couple of weeks. Um, just I mean, life has happened. Life has happened to both of us. A Primo over there has gotten sick um, one week, and then the next week, uh, the mass shooting in uh, Uvalde happened, and it just it didn't sit right between both of us. We just weren't in the right headspace to just talk sports honestly and so we really didn't know how to deal with that so we just kind of took the week then and then the following week we met up in texas uh my daughter gabriella shout out to her graduated from high school we we'll be going to texas state university hey, you. and uh so we uh we, we took those three weeks uh but now we're recharged ready to go and uh, kind of pivoting our 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 podcast as we're trying to grow and trying to figure out this whole thing uh we're kind of you know thinking about you know we should just not just be a, a sports show necessarily more of maybe we should just talk about things that we care about and things that we love and things that we seem important and so uh as me and my primo here are talking about that i mean we have to talk about situations going on in america situations going on in this country situation that uh, was kind of near and dear to our hearts because it's really close to home in uvalde texas and uh i mean we've got to talk about these mass shootings and we've got to talk about guns in this country and uh Kind of give you our perspective on it. Um, all in all, just a shitty deal. And Bima, uh, I'm I just wondering um, your perspective. You are a, a vice principal at a school in New York. You've been a teacher for a number of years. How many years have you been in, in the education system?
1: This is my 15th year.
0: <laughs> you getting so old.
1: It is. It's so long.
0: And uh, so, yeah, just kind of your perspective on uh, on how you see these school shootings uh, just from a perspective of an administrator and a, and a teacher.
1: Yeah, I mean, these moments are, I think for any adults in the world, when young people or kids are or gone or taken, you, you, you have to stop and reflect and really think about what's happening around you. I think as a teacher, as an educator, these things are really shocking and sad because you try to make sure that kids feel safe around you no matter where you're at each and every day. And I think that when it comes to really thinking about what type of world kids are entering, It's really tough to think that as adults, we're doing um, a successful job at taking care of the world and nurturing kids when things like this happen. And even though these things are out of our control and done by people that are not in the best place mentally and also may not be looking for how to treat people. um, I think one of the things that that comes back or that you're constantly worrying about is whether or not things are safe, right? And I think safety is such an illusion for so many of us and we try to make sure that that seems very real for kids. Um, But, you know, kids are across the country and I think countries uh, around the world are looking at this moment and thinking like, what the hell is going on? So you worry about those families and those kids, but you also wanna make sure that you reinforce this idea and build back that idea of safety for kids that you're around, whether they're kids in your own life or kids that you work with, if you're an educator, but it's really difficult to take that in. Even if even a little bit part of you is desensitized um, about shootings in America, when it happens in, particularly in an elementary school, there's something just so different about that when it's kids that are of that age. And, uh, I I feel really bad for that community because when you think about uh, urban areas and large cities, you know, life continues to move on and and people will mourn that place. And there's a lot of support that you can receive. But when you think about places like uh, when we were in high school in Columbine, Colorado, and you think about uh, Sandy Hook um, and then now in Uvalde, these are really small communities where those places will never be the same again, right? And uh, something that came out too right before the shooting was just that those Sandy Hook kids um, would be freshmen in high school this year. And so, you know, there's just communities that are completely shattered. Uh, Those things don't get built back. And then even for the kids and, and family members and community members that survive this thing, you know, the, the rest of these kids' like academic careers um, and their lives is going to be overshadowed by this incident. And they will be that class of the kid that passed away um, in May, on May 24th. So I think as an educator, you just try to make sure that kids know that they're safe. And that's really hard to do when you have to face the emotional toll, but also just the reality of it. We are in a country that values guns over lives and other you know, civil and human rights for the most part. Um, and so we live in a great place. I'm very fortunate that I live in this country and, and I recognize that. And yet there's really major problems that I think we need to address that we, for whatever reason there's, well, we know the reasons, but we'll get into that later, but where there's people not voting to make the world a safer place.
0: Yeah, I think um as as you're talking safety, right? And as a parent that is like your number one job of of uh of a parent is to keep your kids safe and do everything that you can to keep yourself safe. Um luckily for me on my end here like um, you know I have a daughter uh, Around the age Of of these kids that were killed And so here in Idaho School was already done with, When that mass shooting Happened And I say luckily because I don't know if I would have been able To take her back to school After that Right after seeing that And that Happening like I'm, I'm not sure I would have taken her back to school For her safety And uh It's difficult When Because I I like to be transparent With my kids And I like to Keep it as real as possible With them So when uh, You know George Floyd happened I don't Keep that away from My daughter Ariana Is nine now When George Floyd happened She was eight And we had that conversation And we had a conversation About George Floyd And policing And all that stuff And then these school shootings happened And I have that conversation With her about school shootings and what's going on and I don't like to hide that from her because I like for her to be prepared as possible. And so when we're having having that conversation with her about a school shooting, I'm asking her what she's learned, you know through her drills um, and then we're talking and I'm t- you know I'm telling her, you know you may need to like you have to play dead right and you have to play dead and pretend that you're dead and i i i said as soon as i said that like i i looked at her and we're having this serious conversation and i can just see like like fear in her eyes right of like why why is he talking to me about this and why is why is this thing like i just and i i started crying honestly I'm sorry, Crayon. I'm like, I'm sorry that we have to have this conversation, but we have to have this conversation, unfortunately. And so, uh, safety that that when you're talking right now, that's just a, a word that hit deep with me is I don't know how to keep my kids safe at school. And the, uh, The battle I have myself in my head is that I am retired, so I am a stay-at-home dad. Um, Should I just be homeschooling her, right? And that's just like, to me, that's just like a ridiculous battle I'm having in my head is... um, I have the opportunity to homeschool her, but I want her to have school, right? I want her to have friends, I want her to have that whole experience... When she got, you know, when we all got shut down and we had school at home for the pandemic, it was crappy. Like she doesn't like she responds better to teachers than she responds better to me. All right. I'm not the greatest teacher. As far as coming to elementary school. I can teach army stuff all day long. <laughs> Teaching third grade freaking math level. That's just like, no, I cannot do that. It was horrible. It was difficult. Like we both hated school so much at that time but um but like that's a battle i have in my head though like should i just need to suck this up and keep her safe and have her at home because i live in that little suburban town you're talking about i live in a uh a a a state uh a city a town who loves their guns yep right i live i live in all that like i live in, in an open carry state where we go to walmart and you see joe and bill and trevor and all these guys walking around with guns on their hip like it's nothing right and like i don't feel safe so how do i how like i don't feel safe when i see this this dude walking around walmart with a gun on his hip and so, um, I don't know how to make my, my daughter feel safe. And I don't know how to make me feel good that she's safe at school right now in this country.
1: Yeah, I think that every parent had to ask their kids, um, I mean, had to ask themselves whether or not they're going to take their kids to school the next day. And, you know, all I could think about my next day at, at work and being in the building was trying to make sure that we were bringing it up gently to young people because it's not something that we're not going to talk about but right. just whether or not the day after is something that you want to immediately go into like full teacher mode about it but also i really just thought about all the great teachers that i work with that had to come in to work After that, and drop their own kids off at school, and how all of those teachers showed up, right? And I think that there's this thing about, and I don't have kids, right? So when you think about those folks that are teachers and have kids, I think that for educators across the country, which is just amazing in itself, is it? I think all those people showed up the next day because they knew. That they needed to make sure that their kids knew not to be scared and that they weren't going to show their students that they weren't going to be scared and that they were still going to be there every day and there's something like really specific and special about that when it comes to like educators and teachers but also there's a really deep personal sacrifice that happens in these moments that's really unfair to teachers across the country and And I'm saying that as someone, again, who doesn't have kids and and was dealing with that and was just, I was, I don't really, I don't really get emotional too often, but it was really rough that next day. I don't remember the last time that I had a day like that. Uh, That must've been years and years ago, but I like was together and yet like was so sad about, The number of people that we're gonna have to deal with the repercussions of all those things right like so after that you hear about people that were having having to identify the bodies of these young people these kids and how these were like family friends of theirs that they were finding right Um, that then there's videos of like the kids like being sent to another school. So that was really interesting too because that's part of our training um, and it's actually part of my specific training. Um, I'm like the head of safety at the school that I'm at. So I know all of the like emergency evacuation plans and the way that works is that you take all of your kids to a nearby school where you identify all of them so that they can be released to their parents, right? So I can't even imagine being a parent knowing that people died And then you're outside of another building waiting to see if you see your own kid being transferred from that building where people just died into another building. Yeah. And how long you're waiting for your own kid because you don't see them right away. Right. And there was, you know, one video that I saw uh, where like a, a kid saw their parent and was like, go in there, go in there. And they knew like the parent, you could tell, knew like, I can't take you now. Go do this process so that if we can take you over here, we're okay. But the kid did not want to leave. And it's like looking back and forth between the parent and like where they're being directed to go. And then the thing that stood out to me was that you still had these like other educators that were just in that building, like comforting these kids and guiding them into it. And we're like completely in this mode of like getting things done. And so, you know, I think those are the places where. For me, I I was able to kind of get strength from that, like, no matter how ugly this looks and how bad this is, you have incredible people in the world that are still doing what's right in these moments that are really intense and unfair and really scary. But there are enough of us to be in the right frame of mind, to handle these situations, to make sure that kids feel safe and cared for and they know that there's still adults there. And so I think I was really saddened and also really proud to be an educator that next day but i also i also recognize that i probably also have an easier job to explain this to high school kids versus if i'm someone that has to go in an elementary school the next day and deal with shell-shocked kids that are the same age as the kids that just passed away like you're talking about having to explain this to the daughter
0: i think definitely the uh, the heroes in this moment were the teachers right, and, um, just talking about the, the teacher that died, there's reports that she was found, uh, with her arms around another kid who had died, so she was obviously trying to shield that kid, and in the meantime, you know, both of them died, um, and then just the other teachers, I mean, like you said, you guys, you guys train, right, for this many times a year. But me being in the military and me training and going to war, you never know how you, no matter how much you train, no matter how much you train, you never know how you're going to act in that moment until that moment happens. Case in point, the police reaction to the Uvalde shooting right they trained and they and I and I went down a rabbit hole of looking up these officers and seeing you know uh their their training and stuff and uh, you know these officers were certified for uh school shootings and and when it came down to it they they crapped a bit and and didn't fall back on their training and all this stuff cause you just never know and uh seems to me like the teachers were the ones that stepped up and the teachers were the ones that uh, took their training to heart and uh, you know protected all these uh these other kids from getting injured um i wonder what your perspective is is you know ev- every time that we go through this and every time there's a a, a mass shooting at schools the same rhetoric always happens between the left and the right when it comes to political parties Um, One thing that you always hear is is arming of teachers Hmm. and that teachers should be armed. I wonder you as a former teacher, now administrator of a school, of what your perspective is on arming teachers.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously one of the most serious things that can be brought up, but it makes me laugh because it's so... at least to me obviously stupid and the reason that it's stupid is the same reason that you should be concerned about having guns in your house is that it's near a kid right like why would you put a gun anywhere near a kid and so i think about i was thinking about this right before we started um this episode was so much of my joke a lot of different episodes has been like what about the children but like this is actually where we're at right like yeah. we actually now have to be like yo what the fuck what about the children right like why are we not doing better job at protecting them and making things so difficult for those things to have but <clears throat> you you know you can google teachers who have had guns in schools <laughs> and it's it doesn't go well um and more so because of You know what you just mentioned is it like you never know how a person is going to react in a particular moment and i think if we're expecting people to teach nurture and care for our kids but then also say i want you to be be fully trained with a firearm I, i don't i don't understand like you know, what we're, like, who are we really, right? And I think that's, like, that's a real question. Like, who are we really as a society? And also, you know, we are, there are different Americas. And I don't mean that in a way of, like, to be divisive. I just mean that culturally, there's parts of the country that are very different than others. And I'll also say that... There's parts of the country that are much safer than others, and there's also other parts of the country where gun laws are far far more strict than others. And that is something that needs to be in a line where I think, like, instead of arming teachers, how about we just make it much more difficult to get guns? Because I think this is a perfect case study on when you make it easy to get guns, really bad things can happen. And they can happen really quickly right because this guy waited till he, t- he did he did he played the game he waited till he was 18 and then when bought all of this weaponry that was accessible to him uh-huh. and then he made a very terrible thing happen that's going to affect his community his neighborhood his town for far longer than just his generation yes absolutely I, th-
0: I think uh just kind of going back to arming arming teachers um to me, it is just... Um, so ridiculous. How we fix mass shootings is adding more guns to the scenario. Right? I mean, just, just add more guns. There's nothing wrong with that. Right? Texas adds more guns to everything. And it's the leader of freaking mass shootings. Right? Um, like you, We always... We are always talking about... How teachers have a hard job. Our teachers are have a very stressful job, and some way that we're thinking is let's give these stressed out teachers who are already underpaid, who work long hours, who are not very appreciative, have to spend their own money to buy supplies. Right, who have to deal with our crappy kids as parents let's give them a gun because nothing could go wrong with that right the fact the uh the good guy with a gun factor just blows my freaking mind right because majority of these times the killers with with uh, mass shootings were good guys with guns until they weren't Right? Until they were there. Was this guy. There's nothing to say that he was. This guy who did the mass shooting Evaldi. Nothing really to say that he wasn't a good kid. Until he wasn't. Right? This there's, there's just so much. Like you don't know what people go through. and You don't know what people are going through. And so the fact that this. Let's give these teachers a gun. And then there's another thing. That I always hear from. Is let's give. Uh, retired cops and uh, veterans' guns and put them posted up at school and they'll protect the schools. Yes, TSD play out. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Me, again, retired army veteran, right? Do you know how much crap us veterans are going through in our head? Right?
1: And, those are the things around like mental health. Like, yes. I, I don't want to vilify this kid. At least just yeah, I know there's plenty of people that are like, mm-hmm. This terrible person, he's evil, this is pure evil, this is, you know, and it's like, Yeah, and like why are we not asking how this person got that way? Because clearly we did not take care of this kid or whoever was around him. And unfortunately, and I, I hate to say this because it's such it's so reflective of families and people. That we grew up around Like that was I think also What just hit really hard for me Was that I knew exactly The type of people yes. That were in this town yes. Right Like I know exactly How they talk I know exactly how they think I know exactly What they're feeling And They, all,
0: they look like Like our, our nephews and nieces mm-hmm. Primos and primas They look like our aunts and uncles That were going through this That were being interviewed Like I knew I actually knew I don't want to put no names out there, but somebody uh, that I was friends with in high school. Yeah, I saw her on her timeline. Like her, uh, her, her husband's uh, cousin's daughter was killed, and okay. so when she uh, posted that on on Facebook, and then I like I kind of went through like I, I looked at uh, the mother's timeline on Facebook, and it just like it killed me like her timeline of oh man did anybody hear those shots like this was, she, she posted on Facebook anybody hear those shots that was kind of here by <clears throat> oh my god I'm hearing that there's a, uh, a shot at the school I'm heading up to the school if anybody sees my daughter let me know yeah. post- anybody see my daughter I'm waiting over here at the at the center whatever. if anybody sees my daughter please let me know we don't know where she is. And then next one, like, we found her. She's in heaven. Like, it, and it just, like you said, like, it just, it just hit home more to me, personally. Because I, like, we, we've been to Uvalde. I've been to Uvalde a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, you know, those people, like, they, they spend a lot of time in San Antonio. You know, that's kind of home away from home for them. Um, and it just it, it affected it affected me badly for that reason that, that you're saying it just I knew these people I didn't know, know them, but like th- mm-hmm. those are our people.
1: Yeah, exactly. Those are our people. And, you know, it, it made me think of just like these are low middle income, most likely low low income families that are just trying to make it and I think one of the things about it is that one of the things that I know about our people is that their hope lies in their kids being educated to make it better than they did and so like I can't imagine how those families feel to be like yo this is my kid this is the next hope They're they're in school and they're doing well and they're like celebrating report cards and things like that and then is happening and so the one place where they think their kid is supposed to be is the place where this happens to their kids and and that was the thing that like I just couldn't like there was a the thing that I couldn't get past and the thing that kept like just like tearing me up and and uh I was really I was giving this book to a student um the pearl it's a really short reading uh-huh. but it's about the poor. Or family who comes across this pearl that's gonna be the change of their life and they're gonna have money. So basically it's like they hit the lotto and they're trying to cash in this ticket by selling this pearl. But the only thing that the guy who it's very made very clearly in this story is that these people are very uneducated, very poor. And the one thing this guy dreams of is that his kid, who's a baby in this story, that his kid will go to school one day and have books. That's his dream. Like that's where he thinks the cashing in this thing is going to lead him to. And that's the only thing that he wants. And and it made me, I was giving this to a student the day before this all happened. Right. And so the, this story and I'm like hyping this story up and then for this to happen and what we just talked about is just like, it's unreal. And yet it's also like, I'm also just in a lot of ways not surprised at all. No, that's what
0: happened. No, and you, you said that, you said that earlier, you said, uh, you know, we are kind of desensitized to this already. This is just kind of, this is America, and this is what we have to do, deal with, right? We're over 200 mass shootings already this year. Uh There's not even 200 days in this year, right? Uh The next country, I think, is like at 18 or 19, right? Don't direct quote me, but it's... We, Within that realm, right? The next country is like eighteen nineteen mass shooting and we're at two hundred and something.
1: Yeah. This is not normal anywhere. No, this is not world. normal. This is this is an America
0: problem. This is an America problem. Mm-hmm. Um we're not the only uh country that deals with uh mental illness. Right? There are other countries that have to deal with a lot more crap than we do. Uh, but we are the the country that loves their guns and we are the country that has easy accessibility to guns and uh, this is going to continue to happen and it's just it's going to be a way of life until that changes until that changes and the accessibility to guns the fact again this is coming from uh, US Army retired Veteran here. The fact that we have AR available to the general public is absolutely ridiculous. There is no need. Nothing. You cannot tell me anything that a regular civilian needs an AR-15. Nothing. One one uh, senator or congressman. I know he was like trying saying that they needed to kill. Uh, in his in his in his district that uh they're used to kill raccoons that would get into trash and so that's how he was trying to justify AR-15 for his community okay you for
1: yeah I, I think I mean you don't have to say more than that right like that in itself is a what really you know also deeply concerns me about those moments and those statements like that that are like voiced openly in public, like they know people like this is during interviews, is that it's like how are you a congressman when you wouldn't even win like a middle school debate? Like you, these are terrible points that you're making and like arguments that you're making, right? Like this isn't even like like if a kid made that like argument, we'd all laugh, mm. right? And and we wouldn't even try to like prep the kid, like we would we just laugh and be like kid come on and then go find a better like we wouldn't even like stand for that right and so i think those are the things where you bring up that it's an america problem it is it's a united states of america issue we're not dealing with it and we know that there is major major money in power in lobbyists and gun manufacturers that support these politicians staying in power and i'm you know as a national problem You know, I just want to like read off some of these places because I think I'm bringing up just the Uvalde thing and I know why we're bringing it up because it's, you know, we're from there and Texas is a major place where these things happen. Gun gun laws are are probably the least um, strict in the countries, but I want to read off some places where mass shootings have happened so that everyone listening Understands that this is a national problem, not just in like the South or a certain region or a certain state, right? Yeah. Absolutely. But here are some places where mass shootings have occurred: Colorado, Indiana, South Carolina, Illinois, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Missouri. That's mm-hmm. across the map, and those happened. Those happened in those places just on January 1st of this year. <laughs> on January 1st of this year, there was a mass shooting in each one of those states that I just named. So and you and you brought that up too right that there's been more mass shooting than there are days in the calendar year so far.
0: Yeah, I just want to say what the math that I did was as we were getting ready for this episode was uh how many mass shootings since our last episode. And since our last episode there's 56 mass shootings.
1: And there's been 34 since the shoot. Yeah. And like yeah, this was...
0: and the fact these numbers should blow your mind, right? Yeah. These should blow your mind and like figure out like what we need to do to fix this. But there just seems to be a fight like, oh, well, right? That's just what it is. To me, people on the right and then people that love their guns are just like, oh, well, it is what it is. This is America. But they, we don't take that stance on anything else.
1: On yeah. anything else, the, the guns have more rights than women in our country, yeah. and I can't, I can't really argue it.
0: Absolutely. Can you imagine like having? Can you imagine Arguing. having that stance with mo- most of the people that that have that stance of saying, "Guess what, guys? Illegal immigrants are going to come through the border no matter what. So whatever you're trying to do at the border." You should just stop, because they're just gonna come. In. They will go nuts. No, we gotta do this. We gotta do this. We gotta do this, gotta do this to stop them. Like a, you know, and people are right. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. I believe that, a thousand percent. But you know what else doesn't kill people? Opioids. Opioids don't kill people, right? People taking the opioids. Kill people. Right? If I put... If I put a pill right here, it's not gonna kill me. Me taking it. But we do so much restrictions for people that need to take opioids. Right? You have like a third... Like, I... My I, back problems... I, I have to take prescriptions. I have to wait 28 days. If I try... If I get my, my days wrong and I call on day 27 to try to refill my prescription, absolutely not. Absolutely... Which is... Right It should absolutely be the way I get it 1000% Don't give me those prescriptions That day early Because people will, will over abuse it And we have over abused Guns We have over abused guns The fact that they think That th- it is a right To have a gun And not a privilege This should not be a right For this country And for people in this Country To have guns It should be a privilege You should have to earn That privilege And the other argument When we're going back to teachers Like I keep hearing is You know let's, Let's make sure that they're trained Let's make sure the teachers are trained And that they go to To counseling And they do all this stuff To you know To make sure that they Yeah That's gun control people That's what we've been asking The world The freaking country to do That's what we've been asking you to do That is gun control But you just want to have gun control For the teachers Get out of here
1: yeah, I think that what's interesting about solving problems, particularly from like a legal and law legislation perspective, is why are you not paying attention to and following the same patterns that other countries who don't have this problem are doing, right? But we know that this is a, this is a corrupt system that is working to make sure that people stay in power, people get paid, and that those things are are more valuable to them than actual human lives, right? Because it didn't happen to them, so it's not really important. And I think what's, what I'm gonna be interested in seeing is the Sandy Hook thing was a major, major thing because it was a completely white community. This is not a white community where this just happened. And I don't necessarily know that these things will will get as much consistent coverage and advocacy as Sandy Hook did. And yet at the same time, we do recognize that people are being like fed up by this happening and this families like trying to make sure that they push for like gun legislation. But I mean, gun legislation is not it's not difficult to problem solve for it. Right. Like you put you place limitations on the number of guns that you can own. You put higher sentences on people that have illegal guns. Right. Or undocumented guns. Um, there's I have high school students that have better gun legislation than we have in existence that they've created. And that's like real. Like I've taught a class where that was what we did. We wrote new gun legislation and they're all stricter and more sensible than What we have today The fact that you can This is what's crazy to me About just Texas in general And I'm only speaking on Texas because that's Where we're from and and it's the one place Where I've seen it be this way There is a billboard So Let me actually not say what exit I live (laughs) off of In Texas But the exit off the highway closest (laughs) To where I live in Texas Or where I stay in Texas when I'm there on either side of that exit is a billboard for a gun show. And we know that these gun shows are primarily the places where people are getting illegal guns and are able to purchase guns, like not even over a counter, just off of a table or something. And that idea that you can just like go into a room, meet a stranger And they're going to hand you over a gun and you're going to walk out with that is blows my mind. I don't know know if you've
0: seen seen this video, right? And It's been recycled a couple of times. But uh, it was, uh, I think it was like a Dateline or 2020. They did an experiment. And they had a uh, I think it was a 10, 11 year old kid. And they took him with mom permission, they took him out and he's like, I want you to go in this store. And try to go buy cigarettes. And he went in that store, tried to buy cigarettes. They're like, "You're crazy, get out of here." So they took him to another store. It's like, "I want you to go in that store and try to buy beer." And so they took him to that store. Was like, "You're crazy, get out of here," you know, get out of here with that. Took him to another store. I want you to go in there and try to buy a, a Playboy magazine. Went in there, tried to buy a Playboy magazine. Nope, ah, get out of here. You're crazy, kid. Don't do this. Go into that store. Try to buy a lottery ticket. No, nope, get out of here. You can't buy a lottery ticket. You're underage. Then they went to a gun show. Took that that, that kid going by himself to the gun show. He came back 20 minutes later with a weapon. 20 minutes later, he came back in with a weapon. He couldn't buy lottery tickets. He couldn't buy cigarettes. He couldn't buy beer. He couldn't buy a damn Polaroid magazine. A gun in America? Absolutely, kid. Here you go. And again, that's just. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> that's just, that's just, just where we're at. That's just where we're at in this country. We need to be better. Um, as we wrap up this this segment, um, I don't even know how to wrap up this segment. Honestly, I've been trying to think about like.
1: Yeah. I think in wrapping up, I'm gonna circle back just to. I guess the. The emotional standpoint of where we started on and, and also just, I, I got to shout out teachers again, but I, I do want to acknowledge the, the person that we were talking about before we started the episode, which was uh, our beautiful Reyes, who was a 17 year teaching veteran um, from Rob Elementary School, who was in the room and was shot twice um, and had all 11 of his students in his room killed by the gunman um and just kind of the heartbreaking way in which he was interviewed where he's basically just saying that like he tried his best and he hopes the families are not upset with him but just the idea that like this these moments don't um, just directly affect the families of people that are lost this has ripple effects and repercussions that are measurable and we know that like if we're feeling it the way that we're feeling it and having to talk about it and doing episodes on it, like I can't even imagine the number of people in that town that have to deal with that for the rest of the time that they live there because of the fact that this will never be forgotten in a place that small.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think so. Uh,
1: you know, to this.
0: Um, as you're speaking on that, and again, a uh, perspective of of, uh, of a veteran is the guilt that us veterans usually have and we have to deal with as PTSD is uh, you know why we survived and our battle buddies didn't right and we deal with that hmm. uh, as veterans all the time Survivors, yeah to survive guilt um, and, and it comes in many forms um, you know I've we have lost uh, uh, family members due to gun violence Um, and, you know, there's survivor's guilt in that, that I deal with on a daily basis. And, uh, as the new cycle, you know, and we're already seeing it as the new cycle comes and goes, it's going to start eventually moving on and we're not going to hear hardly anything about Uvalde again. But that community, like you said, um, those students, um, are going to deal with this for the rest of their life. And they're going to have... They're going to have this PTSD. I can't imagine... Like, I have PTSD, right? Obviously. And I can't imagine having PTSD as an elementary kid student. I can't imagine trying to wrap myself around that. As the age of these kids that they're going to have to do. And, um... We need to fix this, America. Like, we... I don't understand how we're not taking steps to try to fix this. It is obviously a problem. And I... I I do, I do. And and I'll say this. This is not you saying it, but I'll say it. And for my personal feeling. If you feel that... we should have AR-15s in this country and it should be our right and anything that we put up that... Congress puts up to try to deflect And make it harder for people To own guns If you are against that I feel like you Have to bear some Of the responsibility of what Is going on in this country You have to bear some of that responsibility Because I I, I honestly I honestly Don't think that um, That if, if Some of this stuff happened to you personally That you would pick that Over your guns But the fact that it don't Hasn't happened to you personally That you care more about your gun Than what's going on To other people So I I don't I just want to say that Like it It it, it just It just Like upsets me To the core That we Care And you have to say we Because I mean I'm American You're American And this is our You know We as Americans Care more about guns than we do about life about children's lives about the elderly lives about everybody affected by gun violence
1: um you know americans we just care there's one group that i do want to call on that i feel like is never asked to step up and i think these moments like it's when they're needed to like be called on the most, but for anybody that's that is a responsible gun owner, you know what's up, and you know that, that AR-15s, and you know that like the gun laws are way too lenient in so many parts of the country. And so for those folks that do use weapons strictly for hunting animals or have a gun in their home that they never go to but they have it there for protection or whatever reason that you have it. If you are a responsible gun owner or consider yourself that, you are the person that needs to speak up in these moments because then the argument becomes people just want to do away with all guns. And I think that the real discussion is really about like, what are the real strict policies that need to be in place to make sure that guns do not end up in irresponsible hands because i do understand second amendment laws and how important that is to people it's far more important to other people than it is to me yeah but if we are going to protect our like amendment rights which i believe in those are the people that need to step up right now and say like i'm not one of these people and those people do need to be stopped and there needs to be stricter laws to make sure that these things don't happen again
0: yeah, I think again, going back to what I said earlier of uh, the fact that we uh, have gun as a right and it's not a privilege uh, being, being that it is a right, then anybody can have it, right? Anybody in the world should have the right. And, and that is the problem that we think that anybody should be able to have a gun that is meant for harm. Right, We got more laws for driving vehicles Than we do For weapons And I I don't think it should be a, a, A right I think it should be a privilege And you should earn that privilege To have a gun And sure There's gonna be people There's gonna be bad people That can get guns And 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 do all that stuff of course. That's with anything. That's with any law. Right? Any law that there is. There's going to be bad people. That are going to say. Forget the law. And. I'm going to do this anyway. Of course. That's that's life. And that's the world. Honestly. But. The fact that we don't make it harder for people. Who don't deserve the right. To have these weapons. We, that we don't make it harder for them, we make it harder for everything else, except for guns. And like I don't know, like again, the good guys with the guns, and the I'm, I'm needing to protect my family. I need a weapon to protect my family. Like I guess so. Like you're most likely, honestly, you're most likely, if you have a gun in your house, that gun is most likely to be used. For suicide Or most likely To accidentally Kill somebody Or injure somebody Than you are to use it Protecting your family mm-hmm. So protecting it's your family Automatically automatically, 100% fact Automatically protecting your family Goes down As soon as that gun enters your home
1: mm-hmm. yep. Yep, yep, yep
0: Automatically goes down Your family is officially less safer the moment you bring that gun into your house. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm not I'm not advocating for, which is why you don't put them
1: in schools. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. I'm not advocating for you know for you not to be able to have a handgun or whatever. What I am advocating for, as a military veteran. S- seeing what these things can do is AR-15s don't belong in the civilized world. They just don't. The 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 stories you hear about how the like you can't these families couldn't identify their own kids because yeah. of what this weapon did to them ridiculous and what we have those kind of weapons because we need to kill raccoons I mean come on guys let's
1: let's be better agreed I, I'll say shout out to the bravery particularly in Texas and I'm not advocating for anybody to vote for him but just the balls that Beto O'Rourke has as a white man to say yes will take away your ar-15s because i think it's the thing that people who are like-minded like us in the sense of like this is a very real threat to our country is a very very profound statement to make because he may have lost elections just on that alone and yet i i applaud the fact that he's still willing to say it
0: absolutely absolutely same way it needs to happen um Beto, grito out for you. Uh, definitely <laughs> welcome to the carne asada a long time ago. He's, he's He is more... He's definitely more part of the Primo Prima family than Ted Cruz ever will be. That's why we call him <laughs> Beto and not Robert. <laughs> well, with all that being also, said... by the way, I don't know if this will make the episode, but fuck Ted Cruz fuck that cruise absolutely it may we may leave it in we may just leave it in fuck Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> it, it on that <laughs> well that wraps up this week's show thank you everybody for listening
1: y'all make sure to like comment or review today's episode you can find us on twitter facebook and instagram as poodle bean Primos.
0: you can find us on all major podcast platforms or Google Puro Pincha Primos for our website on Captivate FM. We are the Puro Pincha Primos.
1: Peace.